Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lilia Gustin, empowerment coach, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things empowered lifestyle and self discovery. You'll hear from both me and amazing guests who are shining their light into the world through their unique magic, stories, wisdom, and methods to guide you deeper into your unique and fullest expression. We are empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. If you love what you hear, please reach out to me or leave a review. I'm so excited for you to come join us in this corner of the universe. This is the Empowering the Light podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Guys, I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. And of course, I say I'm excited for you to listen to every episode because they're all so juicy and all the guests that we have on are always so insightful and we get into these most amazing conversations. But this episode is going to be slightly unique and different from the rest that you listen to. So if you did listen to our last episode about inner seasons and uh about cyclical living and seasonal living. There we go. The microcosm and the macrocosm. That was the name of the last episode. This is going to have a similar flair to that. So last episode, this episode, and the next two episodes to come on the podcast are going to be unique in their structure and what they sound like because Haley Warner and I, who is a seasonal living guide, have been doing these really amazing IGTV lives, or I guess IG lives, Instagram lives is what they're called, on Fridays. And we're, we did these for a month. And we realized that the conversations and the questions we were asked and the areas that we got into around seasonal and cyclical living were just so juicy and filled with content and information and, and wisdom that we wanted it to be accessible for you. So instead of them getting kind of lost and buried on our IG feeds and our Instagram feeds, we decided to put them on the podcast here so that they're easy to, to find and come back to and listen to. So last episode, this episode, and the next two coming are, were both recorded as a Instagram live. So you may hear us reference people in our comments. Um, you may hear us talk as if we're on Instagram instead of recording a podcast, but the information is so amazing. And in this episode that you're about to listen to, we really, we dive into the divine masculine and the divine feminine and how to integrate them together in your life instead of re rejecting one or the other. And we also dive into inner season and earth season archetypes, which have not only changed the way I see my own cycle, but also have changed the way all of my clients see their cycles as well, because they're so unique for each person and give us this tangible, this tangible outline to look at the different energies within our inner seasons and within our outer seasons. So they're really amazing. I can't wait for you to get into this episode, to listen. Let me know what you think. Share the episode on Instagram or any other social media site if you feel called to, if it inspires you pop into my Instagram DMs. Let me know what you thought. Um, I'm here for you. And I'm here to love and support you through your own cyclical living journey. So I can't wait for you to listen to this next conversation with Haley Warner and I, as we go into your divine feminine and masculine and your inner season and outer season archetypes. Yeah, we're going to talk about all the dimensions of who you are and how we can use divinity stories, goddesses, gods to help explore that. And um, I find, I think Lilia too, one of the reasons I was so attracted to working with Lilia is because she's so cognizant of gender language 
And so using like a person with a uterus versus like, oh, all women, you know, and this is kind of going to get into some of that. How do you explore all of your masculine and feminine? Because we have all of that inside of these conversations that are sometimes centered as like, oh, divine feminine, divine masculine, but like they're still very separate. So it's a like a, a fun, viscous conversation to like move through. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. So I'm excited to step into that with you today. <laughs> oh, I'm so psyched too. It's going to be such a great conversation. And one that I really feel we need more of, especially around divine feminine and masculine, because at the end of the day, while we hear it used a lot, in terms of gender it's non-gendered concepts so taking it back to its roots of what it is can be really powerful in our own understanding of how to embrace all of ourselves so i can't wait to dive into that with you today too yeah hi nick welcome Hello. yeah so hmm where should we start <laughs> oh. We could really start anywhere. We could start with inner season archetypes. We could start with goddesses and gods. We could start with, um, we could go ahead and dive right into divine feminine and masculine. So I move on that topic. Yeah, let's go in there. Let's go okay. into divine feminine and masculine. And then we can kind of move through how these different archetypes, like even within feminine and masculine, there's like, like a huge abundance of types of feminine types of masculine that you can tap into at like any given moment. <laughs> pretty cool um yeah so hmm i guess we both come from a yoga background and so i feel like that is my main base of understanding it and so you are more recently like steeped in that work so i'm gonna give a little bit of what i understand and then maybe you can expand on it yeah sounds great um, so the ways that I've been learning about divine feminine and masculine is that feminine is really like earth and like um, manifest, like conscious manifest and material. Um, and that's why, you know, we like when you tap into your divine feminine, there's so much creation that can come from that. And so it really is about like creating physical and um you know, and, and anybody can do that. Anybody can tap into their divine feminine if they want to feel a little bit more connected to like earth and abundance. And so the ways that I've been experiencing divine masculine and I've been hearing about it is more of like um, non-tangible, kind of like this ethereal intellect. And I've got to be straight with you, I don't think I really fully understand divine masculine so much. I've been actually looking more into it. And what I've been finding is that it's the capacity we all have to be in that kind of like protector role or like um, giving role, like giving, um, you know, the feminine has the abundance, but the masculine has this kind of, I don't even know, I'm getting tangled up in my words, because for me, they like, go like this so much that I'm like, oh yeah, but the divine feminine is also nurturing, but that's also kind of the masculine. And like, I'm curious, since you've been steeped in this, how have you been understanding these concepts recently? Yes. Oh, I love this. First off, I just want to reiterate everything you said was so beautiful and so amazing. And I, I think when we start getting into this conversation of 
divine feminine, divine masculine, we have to um, break it down and realize that each context we're talking about it in is going to have different definitions. So I think that that's sometimes when um, people hear these phrases of like divine feminine, divine masculine, they just like individuals who haven't had a lot of experience in this terminology can get caught or stuck in the context that they've heard it in. So just to clarify for everyone who's listening, we hear the, the words feminine and masculine in relation to language, in relation to the words we use. We hear it in relation to gender. We hear it in relation to energy. We hear it in relation to characteristics. And all of those have different definitions and different meanings behind them. And that gets to be really beautiful when we really explore that. So I loved, Haley, how you were talking about kind of that yogic perspective of divine feminine and masculine, that Shiva Shakti energy. And when we go into like Tantra yoga and explore the masculine and the feminine from a Tantric yoga perspective, we do have that, the feminine being this like manifest created world. And then the masculine being kind of the, the cosmic consciousness that holds and supports all of it. So it's kind of like the infinite space versus the tangible reality. And But when we start getting into feminine and masculine in our daily lives and how we can really start integrating that energy into our daily lives, we can really understand it through different characteristics, too. And I think this is where, Haley, you were talking about is, like, how do we how do we actually work into this, like, from a, from a practical characteristic sense? And then we can start drawing all these beautiful characteristics to their meanings that all of us have, that energy that all of us have within us and all of us can tap into regardless of gender or gender identification. So when we start looking at the masculine, which, yeah, the masculine is kind of really tricky. <laughs> it's been, although the masculine is also what our society has set up in a very masculine system. So um, examples like masculine, divine masculine characteristics would be like knowledge and logic versus the feminine would be like wisdom and intuition. Mm. The masculine would be uh, structure and discipline, whereas the feminine would be like flow and creative inspiration. And we can start seeing these dualities between these two things. Um, am I echoing for you too or just myself? Um, not for me. If okay, anyone's listening, let, let us know if there's an echo. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so the masculine would also be, let's see, we have, uh, would be linear of working in, in the same way every day. So our, our society is set up in a very linear masculine way because we're expected to show up the same way every day, be the same productivity, go to work in the same way every day at the same time. And that's a very linear system. Um, but a secular system would be a more feminine approach to a more divine feminine approach to living. So that would be everything we talked about here of knowing that you don't need to show up the same way every day, that you can be a different person every day. You can embrace that. Um, and just because you are productive one day doesn't mean you need to be just as productive today. So that's looking at it from a more feminine perspective, whereas the masculine be like, this is, let's be disciplined. Let's show up the same yeah. way and have endurance versus um, rest. So if I just have like a, like a light bulb for oh. how I've been understanding Ayurveda and seasonal living working together. So in Ayurveda um, and often in a lot of like health routine things, we 
have a very like structured morning routine, night routine, and that is consistency. And so what that helps with is this Vata energy and Vata is like air and space, which is kind of like that chaotic flow, go with the spark, you know, and it can burn out really quickly. And so having that like routine structure, that type of solidity really grounds that energy. And at the same time, it, it interplays with seasonal living because little pieces of that routine can shift with each inner season or outer season um, to help support you wherever you're at. So you don't have to like struggle against and be like, you know, I wake up at 5 a.m. every single day. You know, if sometimes in the summer you want to wake up at five and in the winter, maybe you want to sleep until six, you know, both of those are okay, but it's still like, I wake up, I do this, I do this, I do this, you know, and like, maybe it's movement is one of those pieces, but that can flow with the seasons, but it still has that like more linear direction. I've been like thinking about that a lot recently of like, I'm trying to give people this really solid structure. But then in seasonal living, it changes so much. Like, how does this work together? And that really helped me put that together. Like, it supports this manifest, you know, <laughs> like yes. what's happening in our earth seasons. Yeah. And when we start working with them together, that's really when we start, like, feeling into our fullest expression, right, is when we have a tendency just in Western culture to grow up in a very masculine way. Um, masculine relating to those characteristics like we're encouraged to push through things we're encouraged to show up the same way every day we're encouraged to have structure um, and sometimes and just this, this depends on how you grow up too some people grow up in a very feminine way where everything's very flowy and creative and that's beautiful when we start integrating the two together that's when we really are able to like access our fullest expression access our power and really exactly what you were saying with it's the masculine and the feminine they hold a container for each other. So like the masculine holds a structure for us while the feminine allows us to freely flow in it without getting lost. So it kind of, they work together to hold us in place in a very powerful, intentional way. And morning and evening routines are such a powerful example of that. And I do the same thing with my clients where I have them create routines that are structured, but that allow them to creatively flow within them. So instead of having to show up the same way every day for the routine, they're a little bit more open-ended, but have a structure still holding them in place for consistency while being able to flow with their different inner seasons. And that gets to be like that really powerful shift when we embrace the two together. Yeah, that's so, that's so lovely. I'm just so happy we're having this conversation because I feel like often when I hear people say like divine feminine and masculine, I'm like immediately turned off because it's usually so binary. And at least in the circles I'm in, there's this like deep, criticism of the masculine of like this is all terrible and this like super pedestaling of the feminine and I'm like but sometimes I like need a little bit of that discipline I need a little bit of that like push through just not to the extent that we've seen in our like broader culture um, but there's elements of that that are so important too and like when we can remove it from these very like binary ways of understanding they do come together in this beautiful way that's like so much more um fruitful honestly like <laughs> yeah and looking at i love how you mentioned that there's a lot of like rejection of the divine masculine going on and I, it's so powerful when we start to look into 
embracing both our masculine and feminine energy is we start realizing, especially when we do shadow work, is that what we reject is really what we need to like look into and face and embrace those rejected aspects of ourselves. And that's also mm-hmm. a very tantric yoga perspective. So yeah. that that the the kind of the system that's going on right now of, of embracing divine feminine but rejecting the divine masculine it's it's now a call to look into okay why are we rejecting the divine masculine like why do we have such an aversion to that and how can we start integrating that in a way that that truly does serve us and support us and is a healthy way to integrate it so i love that you mentioned that it's like goes deeper into shadow work which is beautiful yeah, I just want to name, we have some really incredible people watching right now, like Naima and Ayana and Abdul. Um, yes. Shauna, I might know you, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure you're incredible, too. But if any of you, I know you all have an abundance of information about divine masculine and feminine. If you want to put anything in the chat or, like, add any comments or questions, feel free, because these are, like, a lot of my teachers <laughs> in life, anyway. <laughs> I love that. And it's such an expansive topic that like we yeah. can talk about this for days because there's so many different different areas of it and different interpretations of it. So that'd be so cool. If you guys have an interpretation, like send it our way. That'll be so cool to look at. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we can ruminate on that, but I think we're in a good place to shift to um these archetypes. <sighs> Something that like Lily and I, or at least I started noticing is that there's these archetypes for um, like cyclical inner seasons with the moon and also if you have a menstrual cycle and some of these archetypes I'm hoping I'm not sure yet might correspond to cultural seasonal archetypes of divinity and of goddesses and of gods and so I'm just now stepping into learning about some of those of my own heritage, which is Nordic. Um, and so I'm curious to see, like, if there's, like, crossover that I start to notice. I love that. I feel like I was just thinking of that, too. And I feel like there's a lot of crossovers in Greek mythology as well. I'm not well-versed in it, so I wouldn't be able to speak on that. But just thinking about, like, the different archetypes of, like, inner spring, which would be, like, the maiden, like... I feel like the Greek goddesses that are associated with spring very much embody that energy. So that would be a really interesting thing to dive deeper into. I think spring is such a direct one. I'm really interested in like winter. Mm. I only know of one from the Norse mythology, but after this conversation, I might go and research more into like winter archetypes um, and see like what, what comes. (laughs) That would be so cool. I love that. Yeah. Do you want to go through just those seasonal archetypes? Yeah, let's do it. So there are so many different archetypes associated with your inner seasons. And I'm going to share the ones that I use and that I share with my clients and the way the ones that we use together to work through their inner seasons. But these are not the only ones out there. And if you ask someone else who does cyclical living or who does womb wisdom, they might give you completely different archetypes as well. So just knowing that there's so many options. So if anything that I talk about today doesn't resonate and you're like, oh, I don't really resonate with that archetype, but it just doesn't really feel right to me. There will be another one. So <laughs> this is not like your only options of archetypes when exploring your inner seasons, but I will share the ones that I'm familiar with, the ones that I use. So your inner winter, the archetype associated with your inner winter is the mystic. Um, some people also call this the crone in some archetypal systems. Um, I enjoy the mystic because I think it helps us tap a little bit deeper into our intuitive wisdom. It's a little bit more positive. (laughs) It's a little bit more positive, right? (laughs) Especially in our culture. Um, 
And this, when I talk about uh, different intersects and archetypes, I actually don't teach their meaning. I actually don't teach what these archetypes are generally represented by because each person has a different relationship with them. So what ends up happening is I'll sit down with clients and we'll be like, okay, let's map out your inner winter. What does the, the mystic archetype mean to you? And every time mm. each individual has a different representation of that archetype that just comes like usually very quickly and very naturally as they talk about it. And that ends up being a very good reflection of their their personal inner season and how they experience it. And they are able wow. to connect to that on a deeper level. So I encourage you, if you're watching and listening to this, to just ask yourself, what does the mystic mean to me? Like what colors are associated with that? What, what would they do? What would they feel? How would they act? How would they respond? And starting to play with that and play with like, oh, that actually is my inner mystic. How can I embrace that a bit more? And then we get into inner spring, which is your maiden. Now, not everybody like relates to that terminology maiden, especially saying that, like, especially in our Western culture. But if you do, that's a really fun one to explore. And again, everyone interpretates interpretates the maiden differently, like very vastly differently, which is so powerful. And then you go into inner summer, which is your queen your queen mode or maybe it's your king mode or any kind of royalty regal phrase that you resonate with and that's a really powerful one to explore and I've had clients who their queen mode is one where they actually rest because their inner summer isn't a mm. that they feel comfortable in so their queen mode is resting and asking for help like oh coming God, together and I have clients who their queen mode is just being able to push through everything, get everything done like a boss and like really run with that energy. So that gets to whatever you associate with these archetypes, a lot of times is what you end up needing in your inner season to begin mm -hmm. with, which is really powerful. That's so cool. Yeah. And then our last inner season, which is inner fall, is the wild woman or the wise woman, whichever one you relate to more. Uh, the wild woman is such a fun one to play with and, again, has so many different, like, patterns. I've had clients who saw their wild woman as this, like, really, like, dresses in leather, is, like, just fully themselves, is, like, colorful. And then another one that's, like, connects deeper to nature, like, is embodied by that fall energy of the changing seasons. And it's just so amazing seeing the vast differences that can come with each archetype and how they can actually support you on a day-to-day -day basis. So those are the inner season ones. I'd love to hear, Haley, how That's those so relate cool. to your studies so far as well. Yeah, so my upcoming seasonal intensive um, where we'll go through summer into autumn, I've been working with the energy of Freya, who's a Norse goddess, um, because she is kind of spring into summer. And I love how I've learned about her because even in these archetypes, a lot of times the writers of these mystical stories, once they've gotten recorded, are from a very like male gaze. And so these like maiden archetypes or these, um, you know, more feminine fertility archetypes are usually depicted with like just wild body standards and things like that. But I found one person who's speaking to this, who lives in like Northern Norway, very secluded and her interpretations are beautiful. And she was talking about um, Freya as this like, it's power and pleasure and it's, um, you know, yes, fertility, but she's not like soft. And so that, 
that queen mode that's like in summer that's like oh, yes I've got it let's go or like divine mode where you just feel unstoppable um, is encompassed in Freya as well and then the spring that like blossoming that coming is very much that like um, fertility abundance new life new growth and she has a lot of those components as well um, something that's just like a little off topic, but I love about her is she rides like a chariot with like flying cats or something like that. And so it's like just like very fun imagery uh, to work with for like spring and summer with like new baby animals. And then also, you know, into this more powerful mode. Um, but the one that really like surprised me of how distinct it was and similar is actually the winter one, which is kind of what I was hoping for. So the, my winter season, my winter into spring, sorry, that one's spring and blah, 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 blah. The Freya one is summer into autumn, which is all about like abundance and harvest. The winter one is winter into spring. And so Skadi is a Nordic goddess and sometimes she's not always identified because there's a really interesting mingling of, I just like learned, we're going to learn a little bit about Norway now because I just learned about it. But there's an indigenous group there that when folks moved to Norway, like way, way back before migrations that might be more familiar with us as Americans, um, there was kind of a blending and a little bit of a loss of culture of the indigenous and the like new Norwegians and Scotty comes from the indigenous group and it comes almost from the perspective of the Norwegians trying to like look at and understand their cultures and so she is a giant woman like a huge woman <laughs> that does all these incredible winter sports and like goes off by herself and hunts and like is very mysterious and like very strong and like she was supposed to be like sold as a wife and she was like fuck that i'm out no way and like snowshoed like across the tundra basically because it's like northern norway but the reason that she's so interesting with this mystic energy is because she is mysterious there's not a lot written there's a lot projected but it's very much the energy of like the other, if you've ever been othered in a group and like what that can feel like and how to work through that. And often a lot of these spiritual people that come from different cultures are like non-gendered or are othered or are like secluded in a way to deepen into their own studies and their own um, like energy. And she does have that element. Um, and in winter, a lot of us, you know, even if we're not othered or if we're not, um, you know, a, consider ourselves a mystic, there's a little bit of that it's time to cocoon. It's time to just be here with me. It's time to like cozy up a little bit. Um, and that energy comes through in the mystic and in Scotty, which was just really cool <laughs> to learn about. I yeah. love that. I love those crossovers right there. And I love how we started the conversation being like, oh, let's see if there are crossovers. Now we're like, oh, yeah, there totally are. That's, that is so beautiful. Nordic Nordic mythology and, like, uh, archetypes is so amazing. And it's very – I feel like that's something that we learn a lot about, like, Greek mythology and archetypes and Egyptian. But I feel like we're just getting into a time where – 
like Nordic mythology is starting to become more well known or explored more, at least from a cultural, our cultural perspective. So I love that we're exploring that now, and it's it's such a beautiful culture in itself. Yeah, and I feel like and, you know I titled this like exploring all your dimensions, but I feel like that's really coming forward for a lot of people because we've learned yes, like Greek and Egyptian. But there's so many different archetypes and different divinity figures and creatures and stories and legends and fables from like every culture. And I feel like folks are rooting into their lineage if they know it or even like language lineages. Um, you know, if you, if you don't know yours, but you speak English or you speak Spanish, like you can kind of trace that way as well. Um, and there's so many like like you said like there's an abundance of archetypes if one of these doesn't stick with you like there are many many more and so for me it's been really really fascinating to look into my own lineage and realize how much i connect to the archetypes coming up there versus ones that i've maybe just like learned about in passing that aren't of my culture um and so yeah it's just there's we have so much inside of us in all the different facets of feminine and masculine and all these places and then if we look at our ancestors, if we look at our lineage, then there's like, like even more options of like what you can learn from, what you can identify with. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. It is so yeah. cool. And I feel like also like some people may find that they really identify with the different cultures, archetypes too. And that can be really fun too to learn about and to learn their original context and to really honor them and explore them as well. So it's like, like you said, there's so many different options of how to really embrace this, especially from a spiritual practice perspective or just like a, a practice of balance or cyclical living. Like we're always yeah. talking about it's, it's such a powerful practice in itself. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of what we've got for y'all today. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in the seasonal intensive that I'll be hosting, it starts June 17th, um, and I'd love to talk to you about what summer into autumn energy can look like, can feel like, and working with that Freya energy, or we can find archetypes that are for those seasons from a lot of different places, and you can find the one that really, like, resonates with you, and I, I feel like at least I started looking into archetypes just because it gives more of like a story to it. And I think that's a piece that is important as we move into seasonal living, as we move into cyclical living, like we can learn about this practice, that practice, do this, don't do that. Look for this, this food's in season. But sometimes when you have like a metaphor or a story that can help you it sticks a little deeper and then you can start to find like your own story of the season um yeah i don't know if you've experienced that too i know you work with um oh i forget i forget her name but the artist who helps artists and i feel like this is kind of an artist thing of like bringing the arts into health and wellness because they've always been there but like bringing them in in an intentional way to like help delve into all of this <laughs> yes oh definitely yes Jacqueline from and arts is amazing if you're an artist yeah. and looking for support around around being an artist but I definitely agree that I think that 
the when we start incorporating the archetypes into how we understand things it not only helps us tap into our creativity and like explore things from a different perspective but it actually works on a subconscious level too because our mm. subconscious works heavily in symbolism so when we are able to tap into symbolism within our healing or tap into symbolism within the way we operate we're kind of we're connecting to it on a way deeper level than just like surface level like we're really connecting to it on a deeper uh, subconscious level which can help us with healing and can help us navigate that season more so I found with when I work with clients with their inner seasons when we're mapping them out especially before they start tracking or before they start like looking for what their unique inner season is when we map out their inner seasons by their archetypes and how they resonate with them it gives us it always the, the magic is it always gives us a cycle of energy that changes so it always gives us a cycle mm -hmm. where at some point that archetype is one that allows them to really push and feel into that like really powerful energy and then there's always an archetype that's like oh this is my rest archetype so that already helps us from like a subconscious and a conscious level understand cyclicality through a story, which then helps us integrate it into our daily life. So I completely agree that understanding from that creative story, artistic perspective, just gives us another solid level to then explore things from a day-to-day -day basis and to connect all those tools into that story, to connect all those tools into our own story and then make it our own at the end of the day, which is just makes it so much more fun <laughs> and playful yeah. too. It's way more fun, and I think it, it helps lessen the, like, overload of info and the overwhelm that can come from seasonal and cyclical living, where it's like, when am I supposed to hydrate more, and when should I plan posts, and when should I, do, you know, it's like, you can get lost in all the little details, but the story helps you kind of, like, move through the big ideas and have a sense of, like, the larger summary, the larger picture, you know, and then the details can come inside of that on their own timing. Um, but I think it's really important that folks are able to like zoom out into the archetype or into the story, and then they can zoom in into the the details of like, okay, what should I do? What's the practice? What's the morning routine? You know? Yeah, it gives us structure, which is nice. And you know, that's so beautiful because like oral tradition is the ways that we learned this stuff before. You know, in, I would say, like, all cultures, before language was formalized, like, you learn through songs, you learn through stories, like, that's why we have archetypes, <laughs> because you're passing down, like, important information that has cultural significance, healing significance, spiritual significance, moral significance, it was like everything kind of wrapped into the big picture, um, and so, yeah, I just put that together. I was like, oh, like, of course, we've always been doing this. Like, <laughs> and it's like coming back to our roots in that way that can be very, very nurturing and very nourishing for ourselves. And I love, I love while we're on this topic, like just even drawing it back to our original conversation around divine feminine and masculine. What's really interesting when we start looking at these energies, right, is things can fall into categories of feminine and masculine while also falling into the other. And this, this will make sense in a second. So having the, the seasonal archetypes be like a structure for us within cyclical living is these are very creative, like divine feminine aspect, right? It's creativity. It's a story. It's artistic. It's flowy. It's a flowing story. 
but it's operating for us in a very masculine way because it's giving us a structure of how to go about our cycle and how to then pinpoint stuff into it. So we can have things be both, divine feminine and masculine, depending on how we use them, depending on their characteristics. And, and that's really when that integration becomes really powerful. Yes. Wow. That's so beautifully said. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we did this conversation. Lily and I like wrote out like topics and we're like, we'll just go for it. But there's like so much coming up from it. It's really cool. <laughs> I totally agree. And I, I was thinking that too. I was like, okay, we're going to talk about seasonal archetypes today. But the conversations we get into end up being like exactly what needs to come through, which is powerful. Come out. Yeah. Cool. Well, it was lovely to be here with you this morning. Oh, thank Catch you for having me. Friday morning. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you for spending your time with us today. This podcast truly lights me up and I hope that it lit up your day with some inspiration too. If you are loving this episode, I invite you to head over to the show notes and sign up for my emailing list. Not only will you get a free cycle tracking guide, which is amazing and completely life-changing by the way, (laughs) but you will also get a new podcast episode delivered directly to your inbox every week so you don't miss any of the magic. I want to hear from you too. So what topics would you like us to cover this season? And what are you super excited about? This podcast is really about you and inspiring and empowering you in your life. So I want to know what you want to hear. I would love for you to come visit me over on my Instagram at Lilia, L-I-L-I-A underscore Gestin, G-E-S-T-S-O-N. And on my website, liliagestin.com. Let's connect and get to know each other. I'm sending you so much love in your day and I will see you on our next episode.